What's up, guys? Welcome back to Blondes Building Equity. I'm really, really excited today because we have a guest that actually Jess and I both grew up watching on TV. We have Tarek El Moussa. He's a TV personality, entrepreneur. He has his own real estate school called Homeschool, and he has done over 500 flips. Am I right? Uh, right over 800 as of now, yeah. <laughs> oh my, I can't That's even crazy. keep up because he has so many flips. So thank you so much for coming on. We are actually in where you live in Newport today, so the studio's a little different, but I'm so excited. Go ahead and introduce yourself. Tell us a little bit about who you are. Well, I, I mean, it just aged me for sure. So you used to watch my <laughs> show with your parents like a decade ago. Is that what you're telling me? Yeah. And, and that's how long I've been flipping houses on TV. <laughs> so, you know, I started out in uh, 2010 and over the last, you know, decade or so, I've, I've flipped close to a thousand houses. I've got involved in commercial real estate. I'm filming multiple TV shows. So my life's changed a lot. Wow. Even seeing you today, you guys, when we showed up to the studio, Tark is on a Zoom webinar with his homeschool students. He's so involved. Full of energy. Crushed the whole day. You guys, it is night here. It's dark out. And this is when we had to get him on. So he is a busy, busy guy. Works his butt off. We were talking to your assistant and she's like, works so hard. So thank you for making the time out. Absolutely. So I kind of want to get started with our, a lot of our audience is really beginning flippers, beginning in the real estate space. So take us back to kind of how it all started for you. Ooh, okay. The whole thing. So I actually started off as a real estate age. You want me to tell you the story? Yeah, yeah, okay, I want to so, hear it all. Man, this was back in uh, 2002 and I was, you know, kind of fresh out of high school and I was lost. I was going to college and I wasn't enjoying classes and I worked for um, <clears throat> Papa John's Pizza. I delivered pizza and then also I was selling knives for Cutco. I know you know Cutco. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Okay. But that just shows you're a hustler. Were you door knocking for oh, Cutco? Yeah. Oh, yes, okay. I was. So I was actually, I became a top selling Cutco rep like right away and I was like prospecting and I was selling kitchen knives. My average sale was like three, 400 bucks. I was at a 50% nice. commission. So I thought I was rich. You know, I was making like <laughs> 600 bucks a week. You know, I thought I made it. And what happened was I lost my entire lead book. So I was a young kid. I wasn't organized and I had everything in a paper binder. <laughs> I lost my binder and I literally put myself out of business. So I'm thinking, what am I going to do now? So I was actually at a, a Washington Mutual Bank in Cerritos, California. I don't even think Washington Mutual is around anymore. I think Chase bought them. <laughs> But I was staring at the ATM and I was thinking, man, what am I going to do? I have no money. And I, I'll never forget. And this was a defining moment in my life. And I call a defining moment a moment in your life that changes the trajectory of your life. So I looked up to the right in that moment and there was a crooked sign. And the sign says, wise old owl real estate school. So I had a moment. I was like, well, I can sell knives. I can sell houses. Yeah. So that's when I decided to get into real estate. So from the ATM, I walked across the parking lot and signed up for Wise Old Owl Real Estate. And that's how I got into real estate. So then I took all the courses and back then it wasn't like it is today. So I had to sit in this like old brown and yellow office watching these <laughs> ladies from the 1980s that worked for Century 21 with their gold jackets and their huge shoulder oh, pads. They look like football players. <laughs> it was torture, but I did it. Like I finished the whole thing. So now I'm like, I'm going to conquer the world. Like I'm young, I'm hungry, I'm motivated, I'm excited, right? So I get in the business, I get my cubicle, my manager says, okay, do an open house, go do this. And you're on your own. I'm like, okay, I didn't know what to do. So yeah. here's what I learned. You can be the most motivated, excited, hungry person in the world. But if you don't know what to do, you're never going to find success. So my first six months in the business completely struck out. I was so defeated, so disappointed, talking to my parents, man, thinking about going back to school, which I didn't want to go back to school. We can relate so yeah. much. 
yeah, yeah. for yeah. six months of selling real estate. Oh, yeah, goodness. Oh, oh, <laughs> yeah. And we're like, we're, we and are you're so door knocking every day. You're cold calling. You're getting yelled at every single day and still no <laughs> oh, money. Oh yeah. People don't get it. It, it, no. it is just brutal. So one day there was these two ladies in my office talking shit, to be honest, about how stupid real estate agents were for going to this guy's program named Mike Ferry and how stupid people were for paying for real estate coaching. And that was the first time in my life, because I'm 20 years old at this point. It was the wow. first time in my life that, that I learned that you can hire a coach in the adult world. Like I knew about baseball coaches, football coaches, hockey coach. Well, I didn't know you could have a business coach or a real estate coach. So when these ladies were saying how stupid it was, I was like eavesdropping and I'm like, well, I need to go to this thing because I don't know what to do. So I ended up going to the Mike Ferry event. It was uh, at a Buena Park Sequoia Athletic Club. And Mike Ferry, have you guys heard Mike Ferry Yeah, speak? yeah, yeah. I watch all of his YouTube. Man, this guy's a genius. This guy convinced me like I could do anything. He convinced me I was unstoppable. He convinced me I was going to be the most successful human alive. Like, But look at you now. So yeah, 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 yeah. Right? So he, like, he like inspired me and he affected me in a way I'd never been affected. So at the end of that event, I ripped a yellow piece of paper. I wrote, my name is Tarek El Musa. You don't know who I am today, but one day you will. Aww. And I handed him that note. Oh, that's amazing. A 20-year-old kid. And by the way, he knows who I am today. Oh, okay. wow. There you go. You so, manifested that. So this is where it gets a little dicey. So then I signed up for coaching. I was completely broke like no money. I had just broken up with my girlfriend. I went to move back home. My parents just got divorced. My mom rented out my bedroom. I had nowhere to go. So I was like, can I stay in the garage? She's like, the garage? I was like, yeah, yeah, the garage, like where the car parks. So I, I moved into my mom's garage. There was like spider webs and cockroaches and my, like, it was like a real yeah. garage. Like yeah. my dirt bike was in there, <laughs> WD-40 cans. Like it was what a real garage. What did you garage. sleep on? A cot. So I'm 20 years old, I'm broke. And I go all in and I put one-on-one -on -one coaching on my credit card. And it's a thousand bucks a month and I have like a dollar a month? Yeah, back a then a thousand bucks a month think a about month. how much that would be today that's like five grand a month today. right yeah and I was like well I just put it on my credit card so so I did it you know and and here's what happened it's just I always say with real estate you can make life-changing money really fast mm. So I signed up for coaching and here's what happened. My coach told me about something called expired listings, which is a home that was on the market that didn't sell. And then you can go try to get that listing. So what did I do? I started going after expired listings. And in this, I had a 90 day plan and this was it. I gave myself 90 days to figure out real estate or I'm going back to school. I did not want to go back to school. So I committed to working six days a week and I had one rule. I wasn't allowed to leave the office until I had 50 conversations. Not calls made, 50 conversations, which equaled like three to 600 phone yeah, calls. Yeah, 500 calls. Close my eyes, open my eyes, 90 days later, I had put together $120,000 in real estate commissions within a 90 day period when I was 20 years old. Overnight, I'm a broke kid living in my mom's garage with cockroaches. The next month, I'm making 40,000 a month. So 90 days later, I ended up buying almost a million dollar house in, in, in uh, Orange County, California. So I'm right around my 21st birthday, I'm living in this like million dollar house. I had a shark tank and it was like wild <laughs> all my neighbors thought i was a drug dealer because like all my buddies live like we just partied all the yeah, time yeah. we were kids you know yeah. but that's the thing like you can make life-changing money really fast if you know what to do yeah so because that coach you know really changed my life and really showed me the way that's why i'm so passionate about coaching today and that's why like my company homeschooled where we're teaching people how to invest in real estate is just such a, a passion project for me because i know like with my knowledge i have mm. that gift that i can give to somebody else 100%. and i know i I can't tell you how many people I've helped change their lives. And it's the most rewarding things. Watch, yeah. Watching someone go from zero to a hundred just by chasing their dreams and putting in the work. So, and, and that's why I love coaching. And you can't get that in a normal college education.
education. You yeah. know, you spend so much money going to college, you're in debt and there's no flipping houses, real estate program. You can't get that. So it's like so many people are so concerned about these courses online, but genuinely, if you're going to spend that towards college, <clears throat> like I, I'm like, look back at college. I'm like, what a scam. What would you say was the biggest thing that Mike Ferry taught you? Like, what were you doing differently in that three months? Was it just making more phone calls and having more conversations? That's it. But that it was. was literally it. The golden and, nugget. And, and, and I was provided the tools. Like I literally went on mikeferry.com and printed the script. It's still the same script today. Hey, Kenzie, my name is Tarek with uh, Prudential Real Estate. I'm sure you figured out your home's come up on our computer as an expired listing. I'm calling to see when you plan on interviewing the right agent for the job of selling your home. Bam. Bam. That's the script. Like, you that's, still know it. That, that's, yeah. <laughs> he still knows it. I still it. know my Cutco script. Like that's that's the opening line, right? It's scripting and, and honestly not doing what everybody else was doing. Like mm -hmm. I would, to this day, I look around when I go places like, and I already know I'm out working everybody. <laughs> you know, yeah. I, just, I just know that. And like, I remember being in the real estate office, like working 12, 14 hour days. And I would watch my competition show up at nine, leave at four, make flyers all day, drink coffee and crack jokes and never work. And I was like, that is exactly what I will never be. Mm -hmm. So I was a big believer of taking massive action. If I don't talk to 50 people, I'm not eating dinner. Right. So until I talk to 50, I'm staying at the office. So you started to have success in real estate. Now, I've always wondered this. How did you get started with your TV show? Oh, Were you approached by somebody? This is how, a better story. How did yeah. it go? Yeah, how does that happen? Right, Especially I'll give, I'll give that you guys time. The, real, the real details here. All right, got into real estate young, started making money fast. Of course, thought I was the smartest son of a bitch alive. Turns out I wasn't. So I scale teams, I bring people in. 2007 comes around oh. and it just, it crumbled me. I sold my million dollar house, my Cadillac Escalade, my BMW, my vacation. I sold everything I had, moved into a tiny little apartment. I couldn't even afford my car. I tried to trade in a Mercedes S500 into a Honda dealer. Apparently oh you can't roll a hundred grand into 18. <laughs> How old are you at this point now? You're 20, 25, 25, 25, okay. 25, 26. Yeah, 25, 26. So I didn't lose everything, but I was smart enough to know like I can't pay my bills anymore. So I sold everything. Yeah. yeah. So I still had good credit and all that. And then 2008 and nine and 10, I mean, those years were rough. I mean, anyone that's in real estate today that wasn't in real estate back then, there's a lot about real estate they don't know. I never quit. I never ran from the business. I remember at one point in 2008, I went over to the, what is that restaurant? Fleming's restaurant in Newport Beach. And I, I tried getting a job as a valet parker. This is after I'd made 40 grand plus a month at 20, 21 years old. Oh yeah. That's how bad it was. And they told me I wasn't qualified. <laughs> So why didn't you save that money and like maybe invest it or something? Or I was 21. Oh, okay. What do you mean? Like, why are you I buy a 21 year old guy? I had He's an Escalade. Fun. I was up in the club. Like, <laughs> I'm I was, like, uh, why didn't you invest in real estate? I was I was a kid. Listen, and I'm not the guy who who's always like wants to make money to just be rich one day. Like I've always wanted to make money because I like shit. Like I yeah, like fancy cars. Life. I like private jets. Like I like nice vacations. I like nice. I like I like things. Like that's one of the big things that motivates me. Like yeah. I like my watch. Right, yeah, like, yeah. I like things, so I like to spend money, which means I have to learn to earn a lot of money. Yeah. Okay, so I'm really hyper focused on earning. But now that I'm a little bit older, now I'm really, really focused on long-term investment. But I've already bought all the junk, the Ferraris and Lamborghinis. Yeah. 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 I mean, going back, what I do today, no, like I don't even care about cars <laughs> I, at all. Like I don't. Yeah. I don't. I had six cars four years ago, and they're all dead batteries in my garage. 
never driving. You know yeah, what I drove every day? Yeah, the upkeep gets crazy. I drove my white GMC truck. That's that's what I drove yeah. every day because it was my favorite car. Going back, would I change anything? No, because those are all experiences. We only yeah. got one life to live, and yeah. it was a fun experience. 2008, nine, eight, nine kicked my ass, and um, I did a short sale transaction in 2009, 2010. It took me 11 months to do this deal. There was a first lien, a second lien, a third lien, an HOA lien, and an oh IRS lien. So lean on the lien on the lien. At the end of 11 months, finally did the transaction. I got a check for $7,000. I watched the investor hire a gardener to cut the lawn. I watched the investor hire a painter to paint the house. And I watched the investor hire a carpet company to replace the carpet, put it back on the market, made like 130,000. I'm in the wrong business. I had another defining moment in my life. Wait a minute. I found the house. I found the deal. I found the house. I found the client and negotiated the deal. I did everything. I got 7,000. He made 130. And that was the exact moment I knew I was on the wrong side of the equation. So then this is late 2009, early 2010. I was like, okay, I'm going to be a real estate investor. Like, that's it. In, in that exact moment, I said, I'm going to be an investor. So of course, like I call everybody I know. Everybody's laughing at, oh, it's not going to work. You're too young. You don't know what you're doing. It's speculative. It's too risky. Like, and every time someone would say that to me, I was like, more motivation. I'm going to prove you wrong. Like that's that's what I use with negativity. I use it as fuel. I remember when I first got my real estate license at 20, I was at the Ralph's grocery store and I was walking down the aisles and I saw my friend's parents from high school. You know, I knew them well. And they're like, we're just, you know, shooting the shit talking. And he goes, so what are you up to nowadays? And I was like, I was excited. You know, I was a kid. I was like, you know, I just got my real estate license. And he starts laughing at me. He's like, oh, yeah. cute. He starts <laughs> laughing at me. And then he goes, huh, what do you think? You're going to make six figures? And I looked at him dead in the eyes and I said, no, I'm going to make seven. seven yeah. yeah, exactly. I said, I'm going to make seven. And guess what? I did. Um, but yeah, but so that's the thing. Like, you just got to ignore the noise and just yeah. keep going, right? Keep believing in yourself, chasing your dreams. And if you keep going and you build habits, no matter what, eventually you're going to get there. So you went through the 2008 crash. What do you think that is in comparison to what? Because obviously we didn't really go through that. So what is that in comparison? Now we just got into real estate investing full time. And now we're like, is this like the 2008 crash? Is this the 2023 crash? Yeah. What Um, is it compared uh, to what you went through? Okay. So here is the biggest difference. Today in this country, people have more equity than they've ever had before. So is someone going to walk away from a house that's worth $700,000 and they owe $200,000? No. They have yeah. a lot of skin in the game. 2008, if someone's house was worth 500,000, they owed 700,000. Yeah. They had nothing to lose. I remember in 2008, people were throwing their house keys at me, like, take this thing. I don't want it. Yeah. It was like the Wild West. Like, nobody wanted their houses. They're like, just take it. I'm like, I'm like what am I going to do with it? Like, I don't know. And it, it's just different. So I do think we're going to see a correction, but it's for different reasons. And yeah. we don't have that pressure of all the houses and across the country foreclosing or going into short sale because we have more equity today than we've ever had. And then another interesting statistic statistic is I believe it's only 1% of mortgages in this country today have an interest rate of today's rate or higher. Meaning oh, okay. 99% of the households in this country, well, they refinance and they have lower Even interest 3%, rates. 3%, 4%, they're chilling. Yeah, it, it, exactly. And that's why our inventory is so low. But as the economy gets worse and layoffs start to happen, instead of people foreclosing and not making payments, well, inventory is going to grow because they're going to sell their house trying to get that equity out. Yeah. And then once you get more inventory with higher interest rates, well, then you have decreased demand. That's where we're really going to see the prices start to drop. So what are you doing now? How are you structuring your flipping business going into kind of like the correction? Oh, I'm taking my licks on all the houses I bought when the rates were two and a half percent. You know, yeah. I'm, I'm losing money on quite a few that I bought when the rates were low. I'm making money on quite a few that I, I've recently bought and I'm trying to wash it all out. And I'm just looking forward to the next cycle of houses because I bought 90 flips. I think it was 90 flips first quarter of this year and the rates doubled on me. So right. it's been a very challenging year. I mean, when you're when your rates go 
it from two and a half percent to you know to seven yeah. percent. I have a I have five hundred thousand a month in mortgage payments. It's nerve wracking. Yeah. So well, I, we thought, I thought we had a lot. Bad. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> of interest payments. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, my imagine. the interest payments are like five hundred on the hard money loan. So that's six million a year just 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 to hold the house. Yeah. 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 So yeah. It, it can be a little bit overwhelming. That's what um, we're trying to decide if like you just walk away at some point and accept a lower offer or you try to find a way to refi out of it but how do you refi out of hard money into something conventional and and that's where it's going to get really tricky because we have more investors today than we've ever had and more developers than we've ever had and we're going to really see investors and developers in big trouble in 2023 yeah and that's why it's really important to rip off the band-aid and when Mm. i say rip off the band-aid take your losses now so you can make your wins later the worst thing you can do is prolong the inevitable and not put yourself in a position where you can win later because you're so focused on the past. So I'm a big believer moving on, resetting. We lose 500 grand a day. Well, we better make a million bucks tomorrow. Yeah. So always think about what's next. So what do you think would be next? Obviously, this could be the biggest opportunity for buying that we would see definitely in our generation, you know, and so many people learned from 2007. And now that people are aware that this could be a big opportunity, but that's still probably not for another, what do you say, 12? months. So what are you going to do in 2023 during that downtime? 2023, I mean, there's still opportunity out there. Like right now, I'm loving commercial real estate, different markets across the country. You have different population growth. I mean, there's just so many different factors, right? Like flipping houses, I'm flipping in Southern California. Uh, Apartment buildings, like I'm buying a 376 unit in Northwest Arkansas. Did their prices triple in the last two years? No, they didn't, Mm -hmm. right? So it's, it's more of a safer market. But my goal right now is to unload all the inventory that I have. And then going into next year, I'm focusing more on wholesaling. That way I'm still generating revenue, yeah. but I'm minimizing risk. Do and you it, have a team that does that for you? Yeah. I have okay. seven full-time acquisitions and two dispositions. Yeah. We've actually talked to a few of our big investors. Everybody's kind of switching over to the wholesaling, but how is that on the end without the immense amount of buyers? They're still there right now. So eventually it's going to have to change. And yeah. that's the thing. Like, Just you know, as a, navigating. exactly. As a real estate investor, what I do today is going to be different than what I did yesterday. And what yeah. I do tomorrow is going to be different than what I do today. So it's always learning and changing and pivoting, right? But how beautiful that we are in an industry that there's so many opportunities that you can have some, you can go commercial, you can go flipping, you can go holding, you can Airbnb, like you, there's so many different angles. Commercial, do you mean like retail storefronts? Yeah, well, the the commercial that I'm focusing on is self-storage and multifamily. Right, okay. Yeah, so self-storage I really like and multifamily I really like. So those are like the two major asset classes that I focus on. So when did you get into self-storage? I feel like I've heard about that from Investor Girl Brit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so we just finished up our first self-storage deal. It's a development deal. We're building 202,000 square feet in Arizona. Um, I got off a call today. We're buying a $12 million self-storage project in Arizona. So another one in Arizona. And then we're closing on the 376 unit. And then today we actually just uh, sold a 54 unit. So yeah, I mean, I'm I'm loving commercial real estate. What's the zoning like for that? Is it like easy to get it approved to get storage? You know, case by case. And that's why I hire the professionals. And here's, here's my biggest note to people is you do not need to know everything. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. you need to know the people that know everything. Yeah. Like the, who, not how. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Who, not how. Like I do so many different things. I don't have the time to know everything, but I have to make sure I build the relationships with the, the people, people that, that can give me the answers. And that's what I do. I'm a master delegator. And realize delegator. what you're good at, you exactly. know? And you have an amazing network. You have an amazing following on social media. I'm sure you're incredible at raising funds. So find the other people that are gonna 
handle the other side of the deal. Yeah, and it helped me out. And that's actually, it was a gift that TV gave me because prior to TV, I did everything myself. And then yeah. one day I'm on a screen and I can't work. So what do you do when you can't work? Well, someone has to do the work. Yeah. And that's when I learned to delegate. That's when I learned to scale. And, and actually back to the flipping, I never finished. Yeah, um, oh, how you got your yeah, TV yeah, show. Yeah, we got say, it now. I forget or you so never said it. I did that short sale transaction and that was the, the, the moment I decided. So I finally found someone. He's a good friend of mine. His name is Pete DeBest. And he was 10 years older than me and he was already a multimillionaire when I met him and he was the only person I knew that had money <laughs> like literally and then he was one of the last people I asked and I asked him and right away he goes sure I'm like I said say that again he's like yeah sure go find a deal we'll buy it and I was thinking everybody else I asked that I grew up with like my friends parents my everybody said no yeah and then there's one person where I knew and I, I didn't know him that well just like yes which just shows you the mindset of an entrepreneur yeah. always looking for opportunities so this was on a Sunday I talked to him Thursday we're at the courthouse steps and we bought our very first flip. It was a condo in Santa Ana, bought it for 115,000. Around that same time, I ended up going out to uh, Las Vegas for another Mike Ferry real estate convention. And there's like 5,000 people in this room. So it's Vegas, I was younger, I didn't sleep, I was really hungover. So I was sitting in the very back of this thing, you know? Yeah. And my friend was the vice president of uh, Coldwell Banker at the time. And two seats in the very front row opened up. It was the manager and a manager's wife. So the front row at these events, that's for the VIP, the people, right. the players, right? So he texted me, he's like, hey, you want to come sit in the front? I'm like, heck yeah, I want to come to the front. And here's the interesting thing. The night before, Mike Ferry told us to go out and buy a dinner we couldn't afford. He told us to drink wine we couldn't afford. He told us to buy clothing we can't afford and live a life for one night that we can't afford so we know what life could be like. And to this night, I'll never, to this, to this day, I'll never forget that night. So I bought a Xenia suit. It was 60% off. I got it for 800 bucks. So I'm just giving you the visual here. Yeah. So I'm feeling good. We're looking sharp. That was me and my ex-wife, Christina. So we go sit in the front. Again, Vegas, no sleep, not feeling good. All of a sudden I start feeling a little, little ill and I start sweating and I'm like, I'm not feeling good. Like I'm going to pass out. And uh, this guy comes running across the front row and he hands me Advil and he gives me a bottle of water. I'm like, I don't know you, but thank you. Like he must've noticed like, I wasn't yeah, doing yeah, so yeah. good. They're probably used to it at Vegas. <clears throat> yeah. So at the break, all these like players in the front row start talking to me and my ex-wife. Who are you? We haven't seen you before and we're looking sharp. And I, I mean, yeah. I didn't want to say we're just peons from the back. You know, I was like, oh yeah, we've been around. Yeah. <laughs> but that was my first time. Like, until you make yeah, it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. But that was my first time like networking with real players in the real estate industry. So then I asked him, I said, so what do you do? And he starts telling me how he makes $800,000 a year selling houses. I'm like, eight hundred like I couldn't even imagine making eight hundred thousand. Yeah, like yeah. it was such a big number I thought right and I, he's like well I have a local tv show in Palm Springs and I go to the grocery store and people recognize me I'm like okay well what does that do he goes well they know me I'm like okay it's cool to be famous but like what does that do <laughs> and he goes well then they buy and sell houses with me and I was like oh and it just it all clicked we leave Las Vegas this must have been the next day. It's like 10 o'clock at night and I'm still thinking about this conversation. So my ex-wife, Christina, she's walking up the stairs. We lived in a, a condo in San Clemente, California. I'll never forget, black yoga pants, one foot up the stairs. She looks over, she goes, you coming to bed? I said, no. She goes, what are you doing? I'm gonna get us a TV show. And then she looks at me last because I always have these crazy ass ideas. She goes, what are we gonna do a TV show about? And then I was like, hold on. And I was thinking, and I was like, well, we just bought a house to flip, so why don't we flip houses on TV? And that's how I came up with Flip or Flop in that exact moment wow. on the fly. But here's the interesting thing about it. I had never flipped a house before. So I, 
So I'm like, okay, well let's, let's, so she's like, you're crazy, shook her head at me, walked upstairs. I literally jumped on Google and put Hollywood production companies and they come up on the internet and I just started emailing them what I wanna do with some pictures and then I went to bed. Next morning I woke up, they wrote back, they're like, send a home video, we like, we like your stuff. Yeah, just like that. I'm like, wow, well, that was weird. So then I borrowed a camera from my friend cause I couldn't afford a camera yet. And I documented the very first flip. Everything was wrong. Like I electrocuted myself, I burned my feet with acid, I, I painted the baseboards to the floor or like everything was wrong, except I worked like all day, every day. I did all the construction work and I'm the worst at it. But we flipped the house, start to finish in under 60 days, made $34,000. Done, so wow. knocked it out of the park. Filmed it, they loved it. And then they did a two day uh, professional shoot, which is called a sizzle. So it's yeah, like yeah. two days of shooting, <laughs> turns into like a five minute video. So we documented my second flip I ever did. So the first the home video was the first condo and then the sizzle reel was the flip. They sent it out to all the networks. Nobody wanted it. Nobody was interested. <laughs> nobody bet and I was like man I got so close so anyways kept going on with my life you know and about 10 months later nine months later I got a call I was, I was golfing at Black Gold Golf Course in your Belinda and it was the production company and they're like you're not gonna believe this but HGTV wants to do a pilot oh my god so that's when I got the call for the pilot and how then, old are you then now you're 28 20, maybe I think I was 28 okay. 28 29 so then I'm excited I find a deal it's a house in La Habra California we filmed the pilot and when the pilot's done you know the production company says okay well if we do get picked up for a series it's probably going to take a long time but you know the odds of getting picked up are really slim so you know you know don't get excited don't get yeah. too excited a week later i get a call from the network saying they're sending a contract over and they want to do a house flipping show okay two problems <laughs> Problem number one, I don't know how to flip houses. And in this contract, it says I have to do 13 in 10 months, okay? <gasps> so problem number one. Problem number two, even if I could, where am I gonna get all this money? Like, who's gonna buy these <laughs> yeah, houses? Yeah, yeah. yeah, right? I'm like, I'm a broke kid, like, what do you mean? In California, yeah, flipping yeah. houses. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like how, how am I gonna do that? So then I was like looking at this contract and I had just got a lawyer at the time. And the funny thing about the lawyer, I remember, I'll never forget the email, he wanted a $3,000 retainer. And I wrote him back, will you do a payment plan? Yeah. <laughs> he said yes, and he stole my lawyer to this day, one of wow. my best friends in the world. So I said, well, let me ask you, if I sign this contract, I don't pull it off, like what's the worst that can happen? He goes, well, they can sue you. So I looked around my apartment at my finance couch and my finance table and I said, you know, they, can, they can have it. <laughs> it's so worth, I, I, the, worth the risk, yes. let's do so it. So I signed that thing and, and I just, I did whatever I had to do to make it happen. And here's how I made it happen. I worked so hard that I was getting such great deals. People had to give me money, like they wanted to because I yeah. proved I can find deals. Mm -hmm. and and I found deals because I worked my ass off. So this is what I did. I would work all day in the office. I'd get home because I was still selling real estate too. I used to get home about 8.30 at night, eat dinner 8.30 to 9. Between 9 and 10, I used to map out all the houses that were going to the auction the next day. And I would have to drive by them because I could only bid on vacant houses because I didn't have time for eviction. So I used to leave my house from about 10 p.m. to 4 a.m. and drive all of Southern California, probably about six hours a night on the road by myself from Marietta, Temecula, Rialto, Fontana, West Covina, downtown LA, Long Beach, Sunset, like all the way, a big loop of all of SoCal. So I would do this overnight. I would identify five houses that were vacant. I'd go to the auction, super excited. My max bid would be like 300,000. I'd bid 300,000. The guy next to me would bid 310. And then the guy next to him would bid 350. And then another guy would bid four. And I'm like, wait a minute, I, my max bid's 300. How are these people bidding yeah. 400? Auctions are so hard. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. I'm never gonna get a house. I'm competing against hedge funds, but I, yeah. I, I didn't know what else to do. So. 
I knew this. Throughout my life, whenever I take massive action, eventually I get lucky. So I kept doing the same exact thing every single day over and over and over again. And here's what happened. One day I bid on a house and nobody else bid. And I got my first house at the auction or my second house at the auction. And then I learned if I just keep showing up and I'm prepared, someone else is gonna make a mistake and not bid and I'm gonna get the house. And that's how I did it that first year. Wow. Wow, this is incredible. And so when you guys continued on, obviously you and your <clears throat> ex-wife kind of did the whole thing. It kind of, she was the designer, right? And you were the, so when did she kind of jump on board and really be like, oh, <clears throat> we're doing this? <clears throat> You know, the, the one great thing about my ex-wife is she was always like my biggest supporter and mm. she was like a really big cheerleader. Like yeah. she would, I mean, I would work, you know, 16 hour days sometimes. She would be with me. Not, I mean, maybe she's not like making the phone calls, but she's sitting next to me. So she was just always there, always supporting. And yeah, it was a lot of support. Wow. And that's, that's what it takes. I mean, anybody building a business, it is, and like the common theme that I saw throughout your whole story was you just make things happen. Yeah. You know, and I think being an entrepreneur, whatever your business is, but especially in real estate, it's really difficult. But it's just like you're saying, like so many people would have gone to that first auction and said, this doesn't work and given mm -hmm. up. Yeah. And you decided to keep going. And when you were cold calling, you were doing 50 conversations a day. So it's like when you stick at something and you really commit all in and it was like, it's the same with like content or anything that you're doing, you know, make three videos a day. If everybody else is doing one, you know, till one goes viral, you just have to be working harder than anyone else, it's, you know? It's do so you need all cash though for auctions? For auctions, yes, you do. Right. Yeah. So you just had like, you had someone that had already given you cash Pete, for that? Pete, Pete had given me money, my right. initial investor. Oh, nice. Right. Yeah, because we tried to do that, <clears> but we use hard money. So we showed up and we're like, oh, oh you need cash? <laughs> we don't have cash. Yeah, you, yeah, you need, so ca like, you need cash. Do that if they don't have cash. You can't. Cash. So you need yeah. to get cashier's checks and you have to actually buy in cash. So buying at the auctions is a completely different business model yeah. than what 99% of the flippers are doing. Like right. buying at the auction is like the old school way to flip houses, right? Like that is the old school way. And now like, you know, there's so many different ways between marketing and technology and wholesaling. Yeah. It's, the business has evolved quite a bit. But you know, I haven't been at, back to the auctions in a long time and I'll bet you opportunities back. You think so? I think if it's not back yet, it's coming. It's coming. Yeah. And what would you say was what what's the biggest difference from your first show versus what you're doing now? Got it. Okay. So flipper flop, brand new to house flipping, mm -hmm. documented the process of me flipping <laughs> houses. Literally no idea what I'm doing. Yeah. Like learning as I go. Flipping 101, my, my other show, I'm teaching rookie flippers how to flip houses mm -hmm. and how to get through those projects. And the newest show is the Flipping El Musas that's slated to air, I think March of 2023. It's not only following the house, but it's following the business and it's following our lives. Right. Nice. So flipper flop is really focused on the project. And now people get to know you a little bit more. Yes, and then also now get to people. People get to know me a lot more. But on top of that, they get to see what what it means to run a, a real estate operation. Mm. Because I talk about carrying costs. I talk about multiple projects, and, yeah. I, and it's really it's a, a sneak peek behind the curtain of, of what house flipping really is. And that I think is super <clears> useful <throat> because you, when you see HGTV, and I think all of us, and that's why you were saying that like the real estate investor space is so competitive now because when you got started, you hurt, you saw it in front of your eyes when you were an agent and you got the idea. Yep. Now we're in this place with social media or TV where you're like, oh, that looks fun. I'm going to be a real estate investor. So it's so, you know, like there's just so much competition. What do you think was like your hardest, like 
flip that you've ever done? Like, <clears> is there a flip where you're like, I've lost like a hundred thousand, two hundred thousand, just so we know? Like, oh yeah, you I lost two hundred six thousand on a flip today. Oh, okay, so yeah. that's normal, and you survive, and you're yeah, like, yeah. But I mean, I mean, it's normal right yeah, now yeah, because yeah, you know yeah. I bought all these houses when the rates were three percent. Right. But that's the thing. The way I look at it, okay, the market changed. Yeah. I bought these houses before the market changed, so I need to get rid of the old inventory, take my losses, bring in new inventory, bring in new revenue to offset the previous losses. Right. Right. It's just math. You lose a million, you make five million. Well, how much did you make? Four, four million. million. Yeah. I'm not bitching about four million. Now, if you lose a million and you just stop, how much did you lose? You lost a million. And that's the thing. Right. You just always got to keep going. But what would you recommend to people that don't have more money? Like, what if that losing that hundred thousand puts their business out of business? Wholesale all day long. Use other uh, wholesale or use other people's money. Yeah. When I started flipping houses, I didn't have any money. Right. I used other people's money, and they laughed at me when I asked for it, and I just kept asking they thought i was crazy like literally it was the great recession i was driving a hoopty car i just lost everything and i'm like yeah. hey can i have a million bucks they're like are you smoking crack no <laughs> like no and you know eventually i just kept asking and i found people and it's the best thing ever even when you do have money to use opm because you know then you can do more deals and more deals Leverage. and then you can compound you know so it's like <clears> even if you have money everybody have I, i've <coughs> ever been mentored by they're like use other people's money yeah <laughs> oh yeah a hundred percent and but what about the carrying costs? Like when you use and the hard construction money. poles and yeah, things like the that. So say poles. you raise the gap. Yeah, yeah. yeah, you raise the gap or whatever lender you're working with, you go to a lender that they'll finance the purchase up to like 87 or 90%, and then they'll also finance the rehab. But the rehab typically is a construction pull and they pay back after. Yeah. So imagine, I mean, maybe it's different for you. For our houses, it's like if we have a, you know, $3 million house and we have a construction pull for 400 grand and they don't pay you back and they have, we have like $25,000 increments, but sometimes it piles up. Yeah. So we've had times where it's like 100, 200,000 thousand dollars on projects out that are being pulled so did you raise that money in advance in preparation or what do you typically do well yeah i mean at, th at this point I, I have i have the capital yeah. but mm -hmm. like in the past yeah i mean i was in position sometimes where i was running out of money and i'm scrambling like calling like my, my mom is like hey mom <laughs> yeah. i need a twenty thousand yeah. dollar loan like yeah, you know yeah, yeah. And, yeah. And, th and, th and then i might have had like 10 million in houses and i needed to borrow 20 grand yeah like, yeah yeah That's like you're feel. redlining right because yeah. you're always pressing you're always pushing always pressing yeah. It's an e-liquid game, right? I know. I'm 100%, like, that doesn't get better than this. What would you say your biggest thing is that you've learned throughout this whole experience with your business, with real estate? Like, what's the one lesson you would pass on to your kids? Ooh, the one lesson. Okay, I know this one. So I've learned is this. So today, outside of the commercial portfolio, I own about 200 single-family residences across the country. So rental properties. And man, I've just learned so much through this portfolio. And I didn't really start buying these rentals until about like five, six years ago. And and looking back, you know, after all these fix and flips and all the active work it takes and all the taxes you pay, yeah. I could have done, you know, a third of the deals, not sold any of them, and I probably would have made more money mm. just because the market appreciated. So the biggest lesson I've learned going to the next cycle, I'm gonna do everything humanly possible not to flip the properties, okay? To hold but them he, To hold them. But here's an interesting thing. At the beginning, it takes money to buy rental properties, mm -hmm. right? So I use flipping as a tool to make income to right. invest in real estate. So I tell people the reason I invest in real estate is so I can invest in real estate. Mm -hmm. So yeah. my, my active income is created through flipping so I could buy the long-term investments. 
And do you have the whole tax strategy where you do the flipping cost and seg. then you cost seg at the end of the year? Are you rushing to buy some kind of? Yeah, always, always. always. <laughs> so, you know, especially on the commercial properties, you know, most people think, you know, depreciation's uh, over 39 and a half years, but you can do, as you just said, a cost segregation, bring that depreciation down, you know, really show the the total uh, or inflate the, the cost of the actual structure. And then you, there's just major tax benefits that we're able to get in this country as real estate investors. And those tax benefits offset the income. And that's why like people don't realize the power of real estate investing. Like right. I have investors that come in and partner with me on deals through TEM Capital and they know nothing about depreciation. And then once they start doing deals with me, they're like, man, why has no one ever told me this? And that's the truth. It's like all of this, everybody should know this stuff. That was like the light bulb moment for her and I, you know, yeah. we were 20 years old door knocking. We were a little real estate team, her and I together trying to sell. And we um, tried to get this condo complex from this billionaire and so we met him and he like said to us he was like oh i own you know three billion in real estate and he lives in california we're like whoa why do you live in california so many taxes he's like i don't pay taxes and i was, that was the day for us we were like we got to be real estate investors. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, yeah. What are you talking about? You live in California, you don't pay taxes and you, you're you on your yacht, you're living your life. And so that was a light bulb moment for us that we were like, oh, we can't do that selling real estate. No, no exactly. You know? It's the power of depreciation. Another thing I, I never really realized, right? So you're, I, I, you're buying all these houses and then one day you amass a portfolio of say 50 million bucks. Well, what happens if the market appreciates 20%? The 50 million just went up to 60 million. You just made $10 million doing nothing. Doing nothing. Other than the fact that you held an asset, then that's where the real money is made. It's by holding real estate, letting it appreciate, leverage it, buy more, let it appreciate, leverage it, buy more. And it's just over and over again. But it's learning to make those sacrifices when you're young, yep. you yeah. know, instead of... You, know, you want it right away. You want like to flip and just make that 150, yeah, 200,000. Yeah. But, but, but you know what? There. You can do that too. Like, yeah. you know, and that's the thing. Like for me, like, I don't know. I'm a big believer you can make money in real estate fast. Are you going to know everything about real estate? Oh, hell no. But can like someone go out and find a deal in their first four to six weeks? Yes. Are they going to know how to fix it? No. Are they going to know how to write a contract? No. Are they going to know how to sell it? No. But can they find a deal? Yes. And then if someone finds a deal, like my students at homeschool, if they go out there and find a deal, they don't know what to do. I'll partner with them. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's what I'm saying. Like there's no barrier to entry in this business. Like if someone wants to do it, they can get started and they can really start making money. And there's nothing better than I think being in the pressure of just making it happen. I think we spent some, we read every single book. Yeah. We went to all the schools and it just took forever to go buy a property and then our first deal it was like the crash course of a lifetime yeah. and it's like that's Still what you is. need to do you know like dive in and just go do it and that's how you're gonna <clears> learn <throat> because then all of a sudden every day something comes up and you have to figure it out you know or you have like we like to get into escrow and then not have the money and have 14 days to find the money because yeah. instead of being like people are like oh I don't have the money I haven't found an investor yet I'm like something about giving me 14 days of like we're gonna lose our EMD I got to go find 500 grand. Yeah. We go find we're it. We're going to find it. <laughs> and we're up all night. We're making calls. We're calling everybody. People I've not talked to in 10 years. I'm and, like, and that's it. hey, how are you? <laughs> and, and, that, and that's the hustle it takes, you know? Yeah. Like, put yourself in a position where you can't fail. Like, I'll tell you a quick story. Like, you know, so I told you when I was 20 years old, I was selling houses and then I was also still going to college. I went to Cal State Fullerton. And after my long real estate days, this is when I first started going after expired listing. So I, I had like dozens of thousands of dollars in my 
my pipeline. I think it was like $80,000 that I put together in like three weeks. For three weeks before, I didn't know how to make a hundred bucks. And I was sitting in this class, it was called Geological Science of the Rocks in Canada, something like that. And I was sitting in this classroom and I remember like thinking, school or real estate, school or real estate. And then I'm like, what, like, what am I even doing here? I just in three weeks put together more money than this guy speaking up on the podium. So that was the moment I was like, burn the boats. I left my backpack, my books, my calculator, my scantrons, my pencils, my pens, walked out of that classroom and never went back. And the reason I left everything is because my parents weren't going to buy me books again. They weren't going to buy me a backpack again. They're not going to buy me a calculator again. So I went all in. I just yeah. left it all and I left and I never went back. You know what I think is really inspiring about you? I feel like you've been through a lot publicly that you've kind of like talked about. Not only is investing in real estate so difficult, like it's the most stressful thing we've ever done in our entire lives, but <laughs> you did that while also going through a bunch of personal things. Oh yeah. And I think that's inspiring because there's so many people that have limiting beliefs that are like, well, that person's lucky because they don't have this happening to them or this happening to them. And to see you going through like life-threatening things and still getting up every day and going on with your business, where do you pull from when you're yeah, in those moments? Yeah. I mean, I was I was both mentally and physically ill for, you know, five to six years. You know, yeah. going into my first, I think it was my first week of shooting season two of Flip or Flop. You know, I got an email from a viewer out of Texas who was a nurse, sent it to the production company saying, hey, there's a lump on his neck. He should get it checked out. And so I got it checked out. Long story short, you know, most people know this. It turns out that I had thyroid cancer. Uh, and then through that, more testing happened. Then it, I found out I had testicular cancer. So now I'm like 30, 31 years old and I have two different cancers. Mm -hmm. I'll never forget the network calling me saying, hey, it's okay. We understand. We don't have to film. And I said, bullshit. Mm -hmm. yeah. You're going to film me like you're going to film me until I'm rolling into my surgery. Less than 10 days after my surgery, I was back on camera. You know, I knew I was facing death. I also knew I had a young daughter and I knew I had a family to support. And I just told myself I was going to just keep pushing and do whatever, whatever I could do just just to get through it. And I, and I got through it. But wow. if you watch my show, you know, people like they talk, you know, they, they make a lot of comments about me. It's like, oh, you know, well, I gained like 60 pounds, you know, when I when I went through the cancer because they took out my thyroid. So I jumped. I went wow. from 180 to 240. So oh. then, yeah. So like a big difference. You watch season two on Flip or Flop. I look like the Kool-Aid man. But I had a good what reason. What does the thyroid do though when they... It controls like your like hormones, your release. mood, right. your energy. Okay. It's right It's right here in your neck and, mm. they, and they cut it out. So I take synthetic medicines now. So then I had two surgeries. I went through the treatments and it beat me up pretty bad. And then I finally started to feel a little bit better. And then I hurt my back really bad. And my back injury was like the worst. I mean, mm. so I, I went from 240 to 165 because oh. I was taking like Vicodin and Percocet like Tic Tacs. I'm yeah, talking you like just can't eat 10 and, to 12 yeah. a day because I was in so much pain. Oh. I couldn't put my socks on. I couldn't put my underwear on. I couldn't get dressed. How did you have this back injury? What happened? It was just years of, of wear and tear, dirt biking, snowboarding, just doing dirt dumb biking. stuff. Yeah. Actually, one day on the golf course, I just went to pick up a golf ball. Just pick. Sometimes that's all it is. Just literally pick it up. Off, and it all was of a sudden, the build up. All it took yeah. was. My, as I'm reaching out, all of a sudden, my, my whole body just loses it. My back gives out and I hit the ground. And I was having actually the round of my life. Oh, that's the worst. <laughs> She's a big golfer. The yeah. round of my life. Okay, so today if I go play golf, I'm going to shoot 100. <laughs> this day, I was like, I think I was four over after 10. So wow. the round of my life. So I kept playing. And oh my, gosh. my back like was hurt, was but you. I'm like, I'm this round of my life. I am not giving yeah. up. I got up to the next tee box, took a swing. From that moment till a couple years later, my life was ruined. So oh. I hit the ground, couldn't get back up, crawled to my golf cart, took myself to the hospital. 
I had multiple slip discs hitting my sciatica and I dealt with that for a little over a year. And then I finally decided I needed to get surgery. Uh, so then I got the surgery. So, and then <laughs> I started getting a little bit better. And then, you know, me and my ex-wife, we, we separated and yeah, all very, very next public. thing you know, yeah. I'm, I'm not living in my house and I'm living in different places like and all my shits in my car and everything I, I have is in a laundry basket. Like, and I'm thinking like, how did I even get here? And, and I've been through some shit in my life, you know, with the cancers and the back surgery. And, and how was it for you to do it publicly? Sometimes like for us, mental health wise, like there is some struggles that come with it when you have an opinion from people don't really, really see on the outside. Like she did a show and I've been public for years and it's just like the feedback it you if you do read it or it does get to you i'm sure like you've been going at it for 10 oh, years online yeah, yeah no i mean oh, nowadays i'm like you know yeah you, you don't, don't care yeah, that's don't how i am at this point I, 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 yeah i don't give it i don't yeah. give a shit like people right i said okay keep eating cheetos in your mom's basement that's, <laughs> that's how i respond literally yeah, like, respond. like come on dude anyways I, I don't even care but my rock bottom uh during my separation after the cancers and everything like i was i was ready to give up mm. like on life like i was do you think all your health problems contributed to the divorce oh, oh um yeah 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 i mean i think it's, it's just a lot of everything yeah. tv money businesses health like and doing everything and growing up person. together and ch yeah. changing from a normal life to a famous life yeah, it, it was just it was just everything and um yeah but going through the public divorce like that was just it was just rough because i'd go to the airport and i'm like in every single magazine cover yeah. and they're, they're just saying like the most awful things yeah. about me i'm like yeah. this is bullshit it's not even true it's not even, like how can they it do should this? be illegal that yeah. they can print it right like, to, this, to this day i read the craziest shit about me and i respond if i actually did what you're saying i did don't you think i'd be in jail yeah yeah like do you think i could still go on the today show do you think i could still have tv shows yeah yeah but people they're they want to make stuff and up. it's like you with like a very you know family oriented hgtv it's not even like just an out there show that would be dramatic and people will still find anything yeah, they'll, they'll to find pick anything. you apart to tear you down it's it's actually crazy so i definitely that's amazing that you've been able to do it and yeah. a lot of people yeah. don't see the hard things that come with living oh. in public life oh my god yeah. it, it's been like yeah people have no idea like just to figure out how to make like real money it took me 10 years of working 100 hour weeks like mm -hmm. yeah it was like that's what i tell people i said it wasn't a month it wasn't two months it, it was yeah. 10 years knocking yeah. on thousands and thousands of doors and making hundreds of thousands of phone calls a hundred percent and so anybody listening i know right now is a really really hard time we definitely been getting that feedback you guys know we've been feeling it don't give up you know keep at it it could take five years it could take 10 years it could take a year you never know but i promise it'll never happen if you give up so yeah. we gotta keep at it i really really appreciate you coming on today is yeah. there any last things that you want to leave the audience with yeah so i have a book coming out next oh, nice. year nice um, and it's all about flipping your life. And I, and I find that I am someone that has flipped their life just like a house. I think we all need a remodel every now every now and then. And I think we're all fixer-uppers at I some point. Oh yeah. my gosh, absolutely. We both need that. Yeah. And, you know, it took me a long time to realize that, like, we always have to work on ourselves. So, you know, take me, a guy a couple years ago that was so depressed and sad and miserable, he couldn't get out of bed. And today I'm thriving. I'm happy. I'm positive. I'm energetic. You're having a baby boy uh, soon. Yes. My, my wife's giving birth in a couple 
couple of weeks. I have a wife. Like I never thought I'd have a wife. You know, oh, it's like yeah. you know, and you guys look really happy. <laughs> thank you, thank you. And like honestly, I thought my life was over, and and today I have my wife. I have my kids. She's pregnant. We have a new show. The businesses are thriving. Yeah. Um. So I'm just grateful, and I'm I'm most excited outside of family is just to buy as much commercial real estate as possible. So if anyone's out there, they're an investor and they want to partner with me on deals. Temcapital.co. Wow, that's amazing. And he has his online education platform. If you guys are wondering where to start, how to get going. When we walked in today, you guys, he was having a coaching call, getting asked personal questions yeah. by the people in his school. So I can already tell you're super hands-on. We got to watch like three students ask questions and he was just super informative. So go ahead and check out that. Check out, what's your Instagram? The Real Tarek El Musa. The Real Tarek El Musa. Well, thank, thank you me. so much for coming on. This was really great to meet you. This was fun. Thank you. Don't forget, you guys, to subscribe to our channel follow us on Instagram and leave us a comment on who you want to see next. See you guys next week. Yay.